This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, we're talking swimming pools because it's summertime. But it turns out Colorado, like the rest of the country, is experiencing a lifeguard shortage. My producer Paul and I sat down to talk about why the shortage exists and how it will impact our summer swim time. But don't worry, it's not all bad news. We've also got some great recommendations for awesome pool options beyond Denver City limits. Oh, and stay tuned after our chat because CityCast CEO David Plotz is back. He's got an interview with our sponsor, the founder of Optimum Joy, a network of mental health professionals serving people in and around Denver. Today is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Hey, Bree. Hi, Paul. All right. So we have been talking about this for like a week and a half now. Um, you and I are both upset about it. Let's get into it. Finally, let's dive in. Swimming pools. <laughs> oh, swimming pools. <laughs> the latest news from Denver Parks and Recreation is that outdoor pools opening has been delayed until June 13th. So this week they should have been open, but they weren't. Um, and also six indoor pools are going to be closed and La Alma Lincoln Park pool is still closed for, was it renovations, repairs? I don't know. I am so sketch about that situation. Like we couldn't have been working on the pool the rest of the year. Like fix the pool. It's a community (laughs) pool. It's in, in the middle of a neighborhood that's full of kids. Like, I don't know, man. If I was a kid, I would be bummed. And I mean, I'm not saying the city doesn't have a ton of stuff to work on. But like, this should have been a priority to me. Especially in the park where we've seen some issues that have really upset the community and them really wanting that space, right? So mm-hmm. I just want that. I want La Alma Lincoln Park's pool to be open. It's got a slide. It's like I was going to say the slide is very fun. It's just right in the middle of the park. It's beautiful. It's right in the middle of the neighborhood. Hopefully, I've crossed my fingers for them for next year. For sure. So, outdoor pools. I think that's the that's the big thing here. I mean, that's what's got me kind of fired up about this. What what was your reaction, Bree, when you first heard that they were delaying the opening of uh, outdoor swimming season? I mean, it bums me out. It bums me out for kids especially. I know growing up in Denver, my neighborhood pool, Cook Park pool, was the spot. And it's something I really looked forward to every year. I can't imagine being a kid and being like, oh, my neighborhood pool isn't open yet. I don't know. I, I feel like we're failing our kids a little bit in that sense that like we need, we should have been prioritizing this six months ago. Especially because of the pandemic. You know what I mean? After not being able to do these kinds of things, 
kids are super looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I kind of have never understood why the Denver swimming season, the outdoor swimming season is so short anyway. Like it closes in, I think, early or mid August. So it's only like two months of outdoor swimming, even though it's hot and dry quite a bit longer than that during oh, the year. For sure. I think they could run through mid-September and be fine. I, yeah. I would guess it's a funding staffing issue, but I agree with you, Paul. I think that the swimming season should be like May to September easily. Yeah, I think September would be good. I was looking this up actually earlier. I read um, our friend Andy Stein, past CityCast guest Andy Stein. Our weather guy. He wrote a, a piece about this for the Denver Post. He said that the the average last day of 80 degree weather in Denver, he's saying like 80 degree weather is like a, a nice day to go to the pool. Yeah. The average last day of that is October 11th. Shut up. <laughs> so I mean... Climate change for sure has to do with this because I will say that was not the case when I was a kid. However, we can acclimate <laughs> our business to climate change and utilize the fact that it's still hot out. People still want to be at the pool. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I learned when I was reading up on this was that like the reason why this is happening. Apparently, it's not about like city funding priorities. Well, I mean, it's a little bit about that. Yeah. But as much as it is about a lifeguard shortage that's happening nationally. And I found this, uh, this quote from uh, Bernard J. Fisher II, who's the director of health and safety for the Lifeguard Association. He told NPR recently that the lifeguard shortage derives from this situation 20 years ago when he thinks that there was a lot of development of condos and hotels that needed lifeguards. And so thousands of people from Eastern Europe came to the United States on J-1 visas, which are student visas, to fill life-saving jobs. And then the industry came to rely on those people. And then when the pandemic hit, all of that, all of those visas stopped happening. Like students aren't coming as much. And even now, as we're sort of slowly coming out of it, they're not coming back. And like the way this guy was talking, I, I don't really understand fully exactly the argument he's making, but like he's talking about the war in Ukraine slowing down our flow of lifeguards from Eastern Europe. He's talking about Trump's immigration uh, <laughs> restrictions affecting the lifeguard situation. I, I was just, just... there's like a lot going on there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it speaks to how different industries rely on different groups of folks to, you know, like healthcare will see waves of uh, folks immigrating from specific places or food service will see folks immigrating from specific places. So I didn't know lifeguarding would be in that realm. I just assumed it was the general labor. Um, I hate to call it a labor shortage because, again, we're not putting the I don't want to put the onus on the people right? on more on the industries. But I just assumed that was part of what it was, because to me, a lifeguard is generally like a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, the teens. That's you know, why I want to put the onus on It's a teen job to me. I had a summer camp job. It was a very similar teen job. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, Paul, what was interesting was when I was researching other options for outdoor pools that aren't Denver Parks and Rec, almost yeah. every website I went to, that was a number one thing. Due to the lifeguard shortage, our season will be shorter. Really? Yeah. Our options for when we're open during the season will be much shorter. Hmm. There's all these conditions you have to look for before you even venture to that pool to make sure that they're open that day. So 
it's a, it's definitely a national issue. It's it's a statewide issue. It's not just a Denver issue. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Let's talk about our favorite other places to swim other than outdoor pools, public pools in Denver. Do you have one from your childhood? Do you have a place you remember going? Well, so I grew up like part-time in Brighton because my best friend lived in Brighton. So I went there every other weekend. And we always went to the public pool there and it was great. We also went to the Lafayette Rec Center, which was one of the first rec centers I remember going to that had a slide, which was a big deal. It was indoors. But in researching, so I have to say I went on a hunt to find other outdoor pool options Um, that weren't Denver Parks and Rec because I was like, where else could we go? I've got a kid Mm -hmm. now. I want to do some fun stuff. I used to be an apartment pool hopper in my 20s and 30s. I'd go to my friends' pools. And, you know, my lifestyle's changed a little bit. So what's cool is Brighton actually has one called the Brighton Oasis, which Hmm. looks awesome. Also, super affordable. Uh, It's free for little ones, I think, under two. And it tops out in price at $8.75 for adults. Is that $8.75 for a day? Yeah. They have water slides, lazy river, wave generator. So they've got like a wave pool kind of situation set up. Um, And what I thought was cool. So you can bring snacks or they have stuff to buy. And they have specific adults only nights. Uh, at the pool where it's 21 and up, they have live music and DJs and you can buy booze. So I thought that Mm. was like interesting for adults. So if you want to do a little 30-ish minute drive out of the city north to Brighton, the Brighton Oasis sounds awesome. That does sound like a good spot. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I want to check this out. What other pools did you find when you were looking around? Outside of Denver proper, I found some really cool spots that are generally run by the cities. Like there's Splash at Fossil Trace, which is in Golden, Splash Pad, Leisure Pools, Slides, the biggest sandbox in Jefferson County, an adult lap pool, um, Pirates Cove in Inglewood, Splash Pad, Giant Pirates Slides. Cove? Yeah. I remember when this opened like in probably the late 90s, early 2000s, and it almost felt rival to Waterworld, although it's not by any means. But it was like one of the first pools to have multiple water slides that was Mm. run by a municipality. So again, the reason I'm bringing up the municipality part is most of these are pretty affordable. They're under 20 bucks for the whole day. Uh, What was another one I came across? Oh, this one in Parker, the H2 O'Brien pool. It looked so cool. It has nice water slides. It has a cool like water playground for kids. It tops out at eight bucks for the day for adults. It's free for kids, I think, under three. The Bay and Broomfield, it's pretty no frills, but it's also pretty affordable. And it might be a good option if your kids get easily overwhelmed. It seemed like a more chill version 
of a public pool. And then um, I kind of, it's price range wise, it's way out there, but Island Kingdom at Elitch's is an option. It's part of your day pass if you go to Elitch Gardens. It's, so it's like 45 bucks? It's like 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Hmm. But if you want to go to- It's a day at Elitch's. Yeah, if you want to go to a day at Elitch's and then maybe go to the pool as well. It's also city close, so that was a good option. But I would just say there's a lot more- options outside of Denver proper for folks if you're looking for something like that's a step up from the local pool. So if you're interested in any of the places that I mentioned, please visit their website before you go. The lifeguard shortage is affecting when they're open. Weather conditions are very specific per place. Like Brighton doesn't open unless it's supposed to be 70 degrees or more. So just make sure you check before you go. We will have a link to all of those spots in the show notes. So, Brie, you invoked Waterworld a second ago, and we actually have a voicemail from a listener about Waterworld to share. But before we do, do you want to say just a little bit about what Waterworld is in case someone out there, you know, hasn't heard of it or isn't it just isn't familiar? Waterworld's the best, first of all. Um, it's our giant water park. It's Colorado's giant water park. It is acres and acres of water slides, multiple wave pools, themed rides. We've got Journey to the Center of the Earth. We've got uh, Lost River of the Pharaoh. Like there's all kinds of things. There's a giant cool kids area. I'm personally a person who's a fan of like carnival food. They've got great food there. Funnel cakes, hot dogs, nachos. I kind of live for that stuff. You know, I've never been. What? Well, I've, I played the disc golf course that is uh, round back and there's like a gully. <laughs> of course you have that. So I've seen the, I've seen the guts of Waterworld from the it, outside. Oh, it's awesome! It's an all-day excursion, and I think it's a once. It's an at least a once a summer thing for Colorado residents. You should try to go at least once. And I'm going to follow up with you, Paul, at the end of the year and see if you went because <laughs> this is an assignment. I want to go. This is an assignment. I would love for to you. go. But we got <laughs> we accept. we had a listener reach out about Waterworld, right? Yeah, let's hear a little bit from our listener. Hey, Bree and CityCast crew. Uh, my name's Chris. I live in Highlands Ranch. I just got done listening to uh, your awesome episode about kick-ass things to do in the summer. And, you know, you actually kind of brought it up at the beginning of the uh, podcast. Uh, but when you were asking about places to swim uh, near, you know, city of uh, Denver, um, you mentioned Waterworld. And I would love to hear more about maybe a Waterworld expose or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's probably not the right word. Um because they have nothing to hide. Waterworld is the best. I love it. We're season pass holders. We just went on opening day. We look forward to being able to enjoy it throughout the summer. I just would love to be able to like know more about the history of Waterworld. You know, it's an old place. The uh, Screaming Mimi is one of the, I think, original rides. And it's interesting. The regulations uh, for water rides, I guess, didn't exist at the time it was constructed. So there's no age limit. So I did take my son, I think, when maybe he was two. And I think the rest of the parents thought I was crazy. But we survived. We had a great time. And my son still talks about it four years later, actually five years later. Um, you know, so, like, there's nothing on the Internet that I've really been able to find that was, like, just, like, a fan page or whatever that would be able to kind of, you know, kind of educate you on the history of it. So I know you guys, especially Paul, especially Paul Caroli, are so good at being able to dig up really cool things that are kind of obscure in regards to information. And if you could do that, man, I would really appreciate it. Love your show. Have a good summer. The following conversation is sponsored by Optimum Joy. Start your journey to better mental health at OptimumJoy.com. 
Com. It's just nice when you can be in person and vibe with somebody, whether it's like laughing together or sitting in quiet. It just feels different. 10 seconds in person feels different than 10 seconds of silence online. Hi, I'm David Plotz, CEO of CityCast. The pandemic has played havoc on everyone's mental health. So many of us have been stressed, confused, and we don't know where to turn. So I'm excited to be talking to Alexandra Hare, founder of Optimum Joy a network of therapists serving people in Denver and the rest of Colorado. Alexandra, welcome to CityCast. Thank you. It's good to be here, David. So what is Optimum Joy and who is it for? We're a diverse group of mental health therapists really helping people try to improve their mental wellness. When I was starting Optimum Joy, I just really had this idea of like the normal person, the working professional, where do they go for their mental health, especially because There's so much stigma around mental health that if you go to a therapist, there must be something wrong with you. But we all have a little bit of conflict in our relationships or we're all trying to figure out what to do with our careers. So how does someone make meaning and hope or find purpose in their life? How do they feel connected to a larger thing that's like really important in people's lives? How am I going to be sure that I'm going to get the right therapist if I go to Optimum Joy? The number one thing to look for is someone who's like warm, like a good personality fit. What's nice about the therapist at Optimum Joy is there is a ton of difference, I think, among our staff members. We have 24 therapists and are continuing to just like hire and train. So if you're looking for a 50-year-old Black woman who has experience in narrative therapy, like we have somebody that really fits that niche. We want people to come to therapy and stay for as long as they need. And then also like go back out and live their lives. You're called Optimum Joy. And joy is clearly central to the identity of of what you're doing. So what is joy? Oh, gosh. Um, That's a a big question for a little answer. What is joy? Really, it's like a mindful, deep connection to your present moment, even if it's difficult or incredibly like happy. Alexandra, I know that the list of reasons that people go to see a therapist is literally endless. But what are the big reasons why people tend to want to see a therapist at Optimum Joy? Yeah. Well, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it's a lot of grief. You know, it's like a stacked grief on grief and not just like the loss of a person, but a lot of symbolic losses that happened in like friend groups or just some of those different transitions. I would say definitely just like a sadness, you know, that's lingering. Therapy is not free. You do have to pay for it. What would you say to people who want to use Optimum Joy, but but are having financial challenges right now? Something that we do that's super unique is we have a name your fee model for our clinical residents, those therapists in training. And essentially, it allows our office to make mental health truly accessible to underinsured or under-resourced. And we give away like ten dollars or $15,000 every single month in services. Do you offer services for people who don't want traditional therapy? Absolutely. Sometimes people don't need counseling and therapy. They just need coaching. And all of our therapists on staff also are coaches, and that can be life coaches or career coaches or relationship coaches. So really anybody in the U.S. can uh, meet with one of our therapists virtually through coaching. Alexandra, how do listeners get started with Optimum Joy? If you're a phone person, you can just call you know the phone number and our intake team. They're really super helpful and super sweet. But probably the best way is on our website, there's a get started form that asks you for everything that our office needs to get you connected with a therapist pretty quickly. Alexandra Hare, thank you for joining us on CityCast. Learn more about Optimum Joy 
and get connected with a therapist or a coach at OptimumJoy.com. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. City Council Monday night signed off on a mandate to get more affordable housing built in Denver. The Denver Post reports that it will require developers to include a certain percentage of income-restricted units in each new building, or they can pay a hefty fee. Proponents hope the policy will increase the economic diversity of housing options, while some developers say it will stifle construction, which I highly doubt. But really, everyone's got their own opinion, and this housing crisis isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And Paul insists that I mention the Colorado Avalanche are four wins away from the Stanley Cup. On Monday night, they completed a sweep of the Edmonton Oilers in a thrilling come-from-behind overtime victory. Go Avs! That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton's got more info on that affordable housing mandate. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. And now, in news Paul cares about, the Colorado Avalanche... <laughs>